Good morning and welcome to International Family Church. How's everybody feeling today? Oh, full house. Our students are in here. Give it up for the block students. So glad you guys are with us on Back to School Sunday. I have a message for you today, so thanks for coming and hanging out with the old folks today. Some of us are older than others. Uh, If I haven't met you, uh, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm the lead pastor here. And on behalf of our staff and our team, I just want to say welcome home. If you're a guest with us, hey, we hope that you have a great time. We'd love to meet you. Steph and I, my wife, will be out front after the service. I'd love to get to know who you are and how you found out about us. Hey, but today is back to school. So everybody say back to school. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready? Not for the service. I mean, are you ready for the kids to go back to school? I don't know about you, but I'm ready for my kids to go back to school. And all the parents said, all right, that better not be the loudest shouting I get today. There is something about a season change that I I like. I I actually thrive on change. I love uh, the seasons. I love something new. But I realize that not everybody feels that way. And sometimes um, as our kids get ready to go back to school, there may be anxiety. Maybe your kid's going to a new school. Maybe, maybe some of our students, you're moving up from one grade to another and you're, you're going to a new place. I want to say this, that, that God's hand is on you today. And I speak that over our students. I speak that over our parents. I speak that over the educators in this house. Thank you for doing what you're doing. God's hand is on you. I like to say this, and I say it on a daily basis, and maybe you could say it with me. I'm in the right place with the right people doing the right thing. Is there more to it than that? Oh, you guys are so good. Can we start it over? Let's do it together. I'm in the right place at the right time with the right folks doing the right thing. And I believe that for you today, so I want to just speak peace over you today. I I have a message not just for for parents and and teachers and students, but I really believe this is a a message for our church and for believers that as a a season changes, we, we should expect great things, not fear what we can't see around the corner. And I know there will be many that, that, that go to the school year and start a new season, and, and, and the enemy's going to try and wreck you, but I believe that you are in the right place today, and he's got a word for you. I'm going to ask you to open to Hebrews 10.38. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can open yours or you open your smartphone. If not, we're going to put it on the screen. But here's a scripture that I've been kind of meditating on for the last few weeks in my own life as we prepare for a season change here at the church and as our kids get ready to go back to school in the fall. Uh, Hebrews 10.38 has been sticking with me week after week, and it says, now, everybody say now, not tomorrow, not, not last week, but right now, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back from my soul, there's no pleasure in him. If, 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 if he draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. I said this a few weeks, to, a few weeks ago to you, and I want to repeat it to you today. Living the life of faith is a choice. You and I have the opportunity to, to choose God's plan for our life that was created by design, or we can just bump our way through life, living life by default. For, for me and my house, we've chosen, we're going to follow God's plan for this season and for this year of our life. Amen. The Message Bible says it this way. He makes it so plain. He says, stick it out. Stick it out. For with God's plan, so you'll be there for the promised completion. 
Even though you can't see it, he's working. Stick it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, stick it out. He goes on to say, we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. I, I, I want to speak this to you. You have to choose faith this year or fear will overwhelm you. I'm not watching the news right now, but someone was posting, I I am on social media, and people are posting about, you know, all this stuff about elections already and coronavirus again, and and I was so happy not to hear it. Like, I'm totally oblivious. Like, oh, Corona's back? Oh, that must stink. I'm not a part of that. Oh, the elections are coming? I'm not worried about that. I put my faith in God, my Father, and in His Word. For me and my house, I choose Him. And, And here's the thing, we have to choose that. Listen to this out of the Passion, the same verse, Hebrews uh, 10, 38. He says, but we are certainly not. We are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. No, we, we, turn to your neighbor and say, we. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. You know, my prayer for you this morning and for the season that we step into is true life. True life, the life that was promised in John 10, 10. He said, I came to give you a life and life more abundantly than you could ever think, hope, dream, or imagine. And so today, I want to pray for you right here at the beginning of this year, into the beginning of this message, that this be the year we experience true life. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. These scriptures that you gave us today. And these scriptures that you're giving us today, we'll apply them in our life. They will be the sure foundation. They will be the bedrock for how we enter the season. Lord, I speak over our students, our teachers, our parents. This will be the best year they've ever had, the year that they experience the true life of God, the Zoe life. Lord, I ask you to give me boldness to declare what you've placed in my heart for your people today. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. My, my, my prayer today is um, that you leave encouraged. You know, I pray this every week because so many people come into church with shame and guilt hang over their head that they really, they, 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 they need hope and they need an infusion of encouragement and they need an infusion of, of life and, and of, of dreams to come. And that's my prayer today that, that you would leave with your head held high knowing, hey, I, I'm not of those drawing back. I'm one that's pressing on. And because I'm pressing on, I'm going to experience everything that God has for me in this season. The truth is, is we're not called to live a life of fear and play defense. We are on the offense committed to experiencing true life. How do you experience true life? You choose it. How do you miss out on true life? You get held back in fear and in anxiety based on what's going on around you. For me, I've just made a decision, and this is part of my life. I was raised this way. I refuse to quit. I refuse to quit. My, my parents wouldn't let us quit anything. You start soccer, guess what? You're playing soccer all year, even if you suck. And I was not a good soccer player. I was horrible. I wanted to quit. I'm the worst one on the team. Doesn't matter. They're counting on you. What, to sit on the pine? Yeah, be a cheerleader for your friends that are on the field. You have a role and responsibility. Even if you don't feel your best, as long as you don't quit, you win. I can't tell you how many soccer trophies I got and I never even stepped on the field. I was a winner because I was part of the team. So don't let the enemy cause you to retreat and draw back in this season because you don't feel like you're winning, you are are a winner. 
I said, you are a winner. How can you say that? That's what the Bible says. He said, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So this isn't just another year. This isn't just another year of getting by and squeaking by. It's a year of thriving past, thriving on to what he set aside for us. So parents, this year, make a decision that your approach to school is to live this year through the lens of faith. Students, you'll have a choice to make this year, whether you're going to choose to to go with everybody else or that you're going to separate yourself by faith and trust God that this will be the best year of your life. The truth is, is together as families, we can decide right now in this moment, this will be the best year because God is for us who could be against us. I was thinking about this in in the sense of what is the difference between fear and faith because they're complete opposites. You get to choose one. Fear or we get to choose faith. Fear cripples you. It immobilizes you. I don't know about you, but there's been situations that I was in that were very scary. And in that moment of being scared, I felt crippled. Like I was like, I I ain't moving nowhere. I ain't doing anything. But then there's been other situations like being in a church like this where I heard a message and there was so much faith in the room that I felt like I got to do something. Like I got to do something. I got to take a step forward. And I want to say this to all of our high school students, choose this year to move forward in your faith with God. Choose this year to trust him in areas that you didn't trust him last year. Choose faith this year. Parents, make a decision that you're going to lead out of faith and not fear. Our kids, our students, our children are watching our lead. Let me speak to all the dads. You have a choice, dad head of household, single mom, to live the life of faith as the example. And as you lead, those around you will follow. But it always takes a leader. I want to give you three simple points today, and we're just going to go for about 18 minutes, and I'm going to have all the, the high school students come in. Our middle school students are going to come in, and all of our elementary students are going to come in, and we're going to cheer them on, and we're going to bless them, and we're going to pray for them uh, before the end of the service. But I want to give you three quick little ideas or thoughts about how to thrive this year. And if you're taking notes, and, and you should be, um, pull your phone out. We'll put them up on the screen. But here's the first one. Be confident under pressure. Everybody say, I am, I am confident, confident in, him, in him, no matter what's going on around me. This year, you've got to decide to be confident under pressure. Most people are not prepared for the pressure that will come this fall. They're not prepared for what's going to happen on their campuses and the pressure amongst the the teachers and against the students and the students against each other. All the pressures of life on your job, of your marriage, of your relationships, of your family. The enemy wants nothing more than to cripple us in fear. And how does he do it? He overwhelms us with pressure. Everybody say pressure. But here's the thing. If you're aware that pressure's coming, you can prepare yourself. Today, I want to give you a warning. Pressure's coming. I said pressure's coming. The enemy doesn't like people that are moving forward in faith. He'll do whatever he can. In fact, the Bible says that he came to steal, kill, and to destroy you. So let me say this. There's going to be some pressure applied when you make a commitment to advance the kingdom. So be prepared. I like what Mike Tyson said. He was a heavyweight boxer back when I grew up. And and, um, he said this. He said, everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the nose. 
And I think that's how a lot of Christians live their life. They think that everything's going to be hunky-dory, and then the enemy sucker punches them, and it devastates them, and the pressure overwhelms them. Be confident under pressure. James chapter 1 says it this way. You should actually consider it a gift when tests and trials and challenges come at you from all sides. For you know that under pressure, your faith life, everybody say, my faith life. Students say this, my faith life, not mom and dad's faith life, my faith life will be forced into the open to show its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that, everybody say so that, let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. When we go into the school year or a transition year or a season change in our life, if you know that the enemy is going to stop you by using pressure, you can prepare yourself for it so that you don't have to play defense, you continue to play offense. And I want to say this to you, when you know there's going to be pressure, even more so do you have to give yourself a pep talk every morning. You have to remind yourself, hey, no matter what comes my way today, I'm a winner, I'm an overcomer. And the truth is, is Pressure actually does help us. Pressure from around us and within us. Spiritual maturity requires pressure. Think about the seasons that you've grown in your life. There was pressure applied. Some of you go to the gym. How many of you go to the gym? Some of y'all go to the gym every day. I don't go to the gym. You can tell that. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys. But some of you go to the gym, and what are you doing? You're pushing pressure away for what? So that your muscles can grow. But if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to be as strong as you could be if you didn't subject yourself to the pressure. So let me say it this way. You were sent into the world to reject pressure as a light, not to cower back and hide in the dark. You and I, our kids, this year, we're ambassadors for Christ everywhere we go. But because of the pressure, many will back up and say, I don't know that I want to be involved in that or our kids to be around this or that. Listen, when you see your kids as ambassadors, you'll look forward to them to going to school, not afraid of them going to school because you know that God's hand is on them. And even though there's pressure being pushed on them, their faith is growing in him. Students, listen to me. There will be all kinds of pressure from people you know and people you don't know, from faculty and teachers all around you. Don't walk and run from pressure. Know that God has placed you on that campus to bring light to those that are being pressured. I was thinking about my high school. I went to a, a, a very prestigious military prep school, and, and I wasn't a smart kid at all. I don't even know how I got in, to be honest with you. My parents sent me to the testing day, and they said, hey, if you test, you, and they test you and you get in, you're going there. And, and I got there, and it was way over my head. It was way over my head, educationally-wise. I'm a little guy from South Alabama. I mean, not much education down there. And, and, and then I'm all of a sudden at this big school, and everybody's using words and phrases I don't know anything about. And immediately I began to draw back. And I began to draw back. And, and, and again, people started saying, oh, where are you from? How'd you come to school? What are your parents doing? It came down to, well, my parents are pastors. We moved here. And, and then everybody kind of pushed away from me. And then we came all this pressure around me. 
And I got to be honest with you, in those years, I cowered to the pressure of my friends or people that I wanted to impress to be my friends. And I look back on that time now and I realize how much of a mistake I made in high school because I allowed the pressure to push me back when really pressure should have driven me forward. Each and every one of us, whether you're a student, a teacher, whether you're a parent, every one of us have pressures on us today. And I want to challenge you in this. Don't back away from it. Press into it. Lean on it. What does it do? What does pressure do? It causes us to rely on him in his power and not our abilities. Your faith being tested is not a bad thing. We learn and grow from during times where pressure was applied. I think back about some, some serious situations in my life, and one of them was when I was broke. I was, I was dead broke, had no money, and owed tens of thousands of dollars to creditors. And it, it seemed like there was so much pressure on me in that season. Newly married with a baby coming, and all of a sudden, I can't pay my bills. I can't pay my rent. I can't find a job. It felt like pressure was closing in all around me. And in the middle of that, I heard the Lord say to me, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm God, your provider. Did he say it audibly? No, I heard it internally. And then he said, Philippians 4.13, he said, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And I went to that scripture and I said, Lord, I, I, I got us in debt. I need you to help get me out of debt. And I began to put the pressure back on him. I remember clearly I was, I've shared this story many times, so I don't know why I'm sharing it today. Maybe somebody needs to hear this. Maybe you need a financial miracle, but I, I had so much pressure around me. Pregnant wife. Bills piling up, phone ringing from creditors all the time. And I left the house. My wife was in tears. We'd had a big argument about our money. And I remember getting in my little truck and I drove down to pick up the, the, the laundry, the dry cleaners. And at the stoplight, I threw my hands up and I said, I, I, I give up. I give up. I'm doing everything I can. I'm tithing. I'm sowing. I'm speaking the word. I said, it's on you. I'm taking this pressure off of me and I'm putting it on you. And it wasn't even 15 minutes later that a check came to our house unexpected for tens of thousands of dollars from somebody that didn't even know who I was. What is that? That was me turning the pressure and saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm your son. I've done everything. I'm not going to be pressured anymore. You've got to perform what you said you do in your word. And I want to tell you this, that applies in any situation. Take the pressure off of you and put it on him. The greatest times of growth come during times of pressure. Second thing we need to do in a season of pressure is we need to be responsible for our words. This is elementary to some of us, but this will be very foreign or brand new to some of you. When pressure comes, the second thing you do is you speak life. You speak life. Everybody say, speak life. You speak life. Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. For me, I would go to school every day saying, I don't want to be here. This sucks. Nobody likes me. Every day, and guess what? I went there, and it sucked, and nobody liked me. Until my senior year, when I got a hold of a verse like this, that the Bible came alive to me through a new youth pastor, and he began to say, Josh, stop saying that school stinks, and you don't like it, and that nobody likes you. Why don't you say out of your mouth, hey, this is going to be a good year, and I'm going to meet some good people. And I remember it was in the summer of that year. I got to school and it was almost like there was people waiting on me like, hey, we, we didn't get to meet you last year. You're the new guy. And I had a whole group of friends come around and all of a sudden things shifted. And someone said, how'd you become so popular? I said, I don't know. I just started saying I'm popular. 
I started quoting positive affirmations over my life. I have lots of friends. Wherever I go, people like me. People make room for me. I have a spot on that team. I have a spot at that table. Hey, I get invited to those parties. I get invited to that stuff. People like me. They want me around me. And I said it to the point where I believed it, and all of a sudden, it started happening in my life. Your words this year, students, have so much power over what kind of year you're going to have. I don't care who your teacher is. I don't care what the curriculum is. I don't care what everybody else is around you. You can have a phenomenal year simply by changing the words that come out of your mouth. Everybody say, life and death are in the power of the tongue. I like to think about it this way. Your words are containers. They're containers. You get to decide what you fill those containers with. You can contain them with fear. You can contain those words with faith. In fact... This moment right now, our life, your life, and my life, where we live, what we do, we are a product of the words we spoke yesterday. We're a product of the words we spoke last month. We're a product of the words we spoke last year. We're a product of the words we spoke over the last decade. Our lives are a product for me of 47 years of words being put out there into the atmosphere. They have brought me to this place. Let me ask you this, where do you want to go in life, start speaking in that direction? Oh, this is so powerful. For some of you, this is just a simple adjustment in your marriage. You're not married to an idiot. Gets quiet, we start talking about husbands and wife stuff. You're not married to a knucklehead. You're not married to a loser. You're not married to a deadbeat. You're married to a child of God that was ordained by purpose to join you in this crazy life. Speak life over your spouse. Well, my marriage stinks. I guess it does. You can have what you say. For me and my wife, we speak this all the time. Even though we have challenges just like everybody else, we know that we're teammates and God's put us together. And we speak life over each other as we navigate parenting. Maybe you're not where you want to be financially. Speak life over the resources and tools you have right now. Maybe you don't have the friends you want. Maybe you don't have the, the team and the tribe that you want to run with. Speak life. My dad used to say it this way. He said, whatever you say is headed your way. Whatever you say is headed your way. So let me ask you, what does this year look like? What do you want out of the year? Do you want to be popular? Do you want to, do you want to make friends? Do you, do you want to excel in your sports? Do you want to have the opportunity to be the gospel on your campus? Whatever you want, whatever you desire, begin right now before you step foot on this campus declaring what it's going to be so when you show up and meet you at the front door on that first day. Speak life. Proverbs 30 says it this way. It says, do not confess the negative thoughts in your mind. Rather, speak life. To every situation around you, speak life. I grew up as a, a pastor's kid. Many of you know that. My parents were church planters. And as a little kid, I thought my parents were crazy. I said this a lot in the last few years, just being funny, but I thought we were part of a cult because we did things that no other families in our church, in our, in our school did. Like my parents made us do confessions on the way to school. And what, what confessions were was a list of scriptures that they had uh, transposed into first person. And they, and they would make us read these out loud in the station wagon. Remember station wagons? 
Where's all the 80s families? Like, it was cool down station wagon. Ours had the wood paneling down the side. And, and me and Joey rode in the back. The cool thing about the station wagon, if you rode in the back, you, you were way with the cars behind you <laughs> or other things. And, 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 and then we get in the back on the way to school, and my dad would say, hey, get your confession books out. We had these little white books called God's Creative Power. And we had to speak the word. We had to confess the word over our life every single day on the way to school. Someone asked me recently, they said, how long did you do it? We did it I, did, I did it for 10 years. It was about eight when we could understand all the words in the book, seven maybe for, for Joey, the smarter one. You know, we, we understood the words, but from, from that time until my senior year in high school, every day on the way to school, we confessed God's word over our life. What were we doing? We were planting seeds for the future. Again, I, th I thought we're, my parents are crazy because we'd get to school and my dad would say, hey, did you do your confessions? And I'd say, no. And he'd park the car in the carpool line. <laughs> Put his seat back and have his coffee. He said, we're not leaving until you're not getting out of the car until you do the confessions. You know how awkward it is as an eighth grader? When all your friends' parents are honking at the station wagon and then they're going around you, giving you the finger, and you're sitting in there having to confess God's word, and now I got to walk in and see all these people in class? <laughs> Felt like we were in a cult. But what we were doing was we were cultivating God's word into our hearts. I'm going to say this to you, parents. It's okay to be different. Well, not everybody does that. Yeah, not everybody wants the same results for their kids you have for your kids. It's okay to stand out. You weren't made to fit in. Students, it's okay to live out your faith on campus verbally and letting people know where you stand on issues. Find the scriptures in the word. It's okay to say, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's right. And the truth is, is there's other kids waiting and watching for the words that you're going to speak because they're waiting to see who else believes what they believe. Speak life. Be bold about what God has given us. Today, as, you're, as you go home, your, your kids, we've created three confession cards. That we have one for the block students uh, and, and for the remnant students that I'm going to give you on the way out. And parents, I'm going to ask you, force your kids to read it. Why would you say force them? Um, I'll give you a little hint, because they're not going to want to do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But these confessions are taken straight from God's word that will set your student on the trajectory that God has placed for them before they were born. Kids, real parents, we, we have confessions for you as well that you could speak over your little one. When you take them to pre-K and you drop them off, that you can say these over your kids. My, my daughter is going to, to kindergarten this year, and guess what? On the way to kindergarten, I'm going to, while I drive carefully, I, I'm going to confess God's word over her, speaking life over her. Because here's the thing. I know that when my kids go to school as yours, they're going to hear other things contrary to God's word. Wake up, parents. There's people vying for the attention of your kids because they want to change the trajectory of their future. All you got to do is open your phone and realize how much targeting is going to this generation because there's a group of people that want them to buy into a lie so they can benefit off of the lie. So it's our responsibility. Take ownership over our families and make sure that we speak life over them. The last thing that I'll say about this and we'll move on is make sure you're speaking life over other people. 
The worst thing about being a Christian is what we say when the pressure hits because our faith is exposed for everybody to see it. It's hard to go on a campus or be a part of something like this and call ourselves Christian and then when the pressure hits, we all sound like the world. It's okay to sound different. I said, it's okay to sound different. Speak life over those teachers you don't like. I've had it. You've had it. We have teachers that our kids don't really click with. And it's instantly the teacher's fault. Oh, that stupid teacher. I'm going to call her. I'm going to PTA this week. And we go there and show off our amazing witness. Hey, how about just holding it back and speak life over that teacher who's struggling in her own marriage and dealing with her own fears and anxieties. But yet she shows up every day to invest in your kids. You know, the greatest thing that we can do is be a light by example, but also by our words. Maybe you're not happy about everything that's going on, on your campus. Speak the truth in love, please. Remember who you represent, Jesus, the King of Kings. Number three, the final piece of this, after you realize that pressures come and prepare yourself, Align your words with God's word and speak life. But here's the most important piece is find your tribe. I'm coming back over here to my student friends. This year, don't let people choose you as their friend. You do the choosing. You do the choosing. Be selective in who you hang out with, where you go and what is said because you are the product of those that you run around with. And for the families in this house, you need a tribe. I love this place because we have 50-something nations that worship with us together every weekend. And there's one phrase that we all know, and that is to, 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 to raise great kids, it takes a, oh, it takes a village. It takes a tribe of people. You and I cannot do this alone. I want you to look around. There's an amazing group of people in here that God has brought together for more of a purpose than just worshiping God on a Sunday that he's called us to do life together, helping each other through tough seasons. Three years ago when we were preparing to step in as the lead pastors, it was about a year before the, the leadership change here, I was freaking out, just being real. You ever been in a situation that was bigger than you? I didn't feel qualified. And I began to tell the Lord why I, why I didn't think that I was the guy. I, I, don't, I think there's somebody else. You can, you can find somebody that's got more college degrees and all the education and pastored before. And he said, no, I've chosen you. And I said, well, I, I can't do this by myself. I, I'm going to need a team of people. And he said, exactly. And he told me, he said, there's three types of people you need in your life, Josh. And it belongs to each one of us. I want to give this to you. You can write this down. This is important today. Three types of people you need in your life. Students, listen to me. The first one is you need running mates. You need people that are running the same way you're running. If you're running towards God and all your friends are running towards the enemy, guess what? It won't be long before you get spun around and you're going the opposite way. You've got to look left and you've got to look right and know, man, there's some girls on this side, some guys on this side, and they believe like me and they're moving forward with me in Christ's plan. I have those men in my life. I have running mates, guys that I've been doing life with for decades, same season of life, moving towards the same goal. Everybody needs a running mate. Number two, you need forerunners. Some of you would call them mentors or coaches. You need somebody that's 10 laps ahead of you that you can call and say, hey, I'm getting ready to make this decision, but you've already been there, done that. What's a forerunner? It's somebody whose past is your future. Every one of us need forerunners in our life, people that we can look up to, people that we can call upon. And the last one is finishers. 
We need some wise, seasoned people in our life who've been there, done that, and wore the t-shirt out. Somebody that's in their last lap, somebody that's in their final season that you can call and tell them and be like, oh man, let me tell you how we got through that. They usually start the conversation like this. Well, back in my day, and the truth is, is when I look around, and as you look around, all three of those relationships are available to you right here at IFC. I look around at some of the people that Steph and I have the opportunity that are in the same season of life and they're in their early 40s and late 40s with little kids that we can call and hang out with and grow together with. I have forerunners in my life and I have finishers in my life. And there's no greater time than right at the beginning of a new season to form new relationships. To be honest with you, some of you probably need to let go of some relationships. Life group season is upon us, September 10th. All the applications are due. You can find all the information on our website. If you would love to lead or host a life group, we would love to have you lead with us. Uh, October 1st, we have a big life group launch up in the cafe. Come upstairs. Come meet some people. Find your tribe. Everybody say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Don't do life alone. I'll close. I went much longer and the kids are waiting for us. Can I pray for you real quick? you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this amazing group of people that you brought together for your purpose. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a tribe. I want to say to you, welcome home. You, there's community here. There's, there's life-giving relationships here. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe your life isn't where it needs to be. I believe you're here on purpose today. I believe you're here on purpose today. At the end of the service, we're going to have an opportunity. You can come down front. Meet some of our prayer team. Just tell them, I need, I need to meet that Jesus he was talking about. I won't take time to do that right now, but if you need Jesus, at the end of the service, come down and say, hey, I need some help. I, I need some direction. I'm looking for the next step in my life. And I think it starts with Jesus. Lord, I thank you for those that you're working on their heart today. Give them the boldness to stick around for a minute after the service and come down and meet with our prayer team. In Jesus' name.